Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. I'm still trying to figure out how you follow up and act like that. So you might have to cut me some slack this morning. That was wonderful. But today we get to continue the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a king who came down as a baby, God who came down himself in order to save us from our sins. On Christmas Eve, we read from Luke chapter 2, just as many of you, wherever you attended worship that night, I'm sure you heard the same story with verses 1 through 7. And today I'd like for us to continue to look at Luke 2 and focus now on verses 8 through 20. So I invite you now to open up your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. You can follow along with the screens that are provided as we read the Scriptures this morning. The Gospel of Luke says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned, or they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, these 12 verses have been read millions of times throughout the years during the Christmas season. Churches all over the world center their sermons and songs that they sing during worship services around these verses during this time of year. The reason for this is because it tells us something. It tells us the true meaning of Christmas. There's such an emphasis on it that in the famous Peanuts collection, even Linus himself focuses on these verses to explain to Charlie Brown what the real meaning of Christmas is. Now, many will focus on it just being the story of Christ's birth, and, that, and it is one of the greatest pieces of Scripture that we read. But when we take a deeper look at it, we can find even more meaning that can reach us that can strike us to our very core. But before we dig into these lessons, I want to discuss a specific group of individuals that are mentioned in the story of Christ's birth. And that group of people, those men, are the shepherds. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many men who are noted that have been shepherds at some point during their life. In fact, some of Israel's greatest heroes were shepherds. We have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, And David, to name just a few. These were important men when it came to the purpose of God's will being done. And the shepherds that are mentioned in Luke 2 are no different. 
In the days of the New Testament, personal honor was not something that the shepherds possessed during the time of Christ's birth within the Jewish tradition. They were often scorned and seen as being outcasts. They were dirty. They smelled awful. Have you ever had the opportunity to smell a flock of sheep? I say an opportunity, but really, let's be honest here. It's a foul odor. It's not pleasant at all. The shepherds also lacked certain rights, though, and they were often not welcomed into certain parts of society. And even though these men that were looked down upon by many, these individuals still had a specific job to do. They were responsible for grazing and watering these flocks, protecting them from human theft and being attacked by a predator. They also would shear them at the appropriate times of the year and also provide them for sacrifices. Yes, through the theological studies, we can see that it is very likely that these shepherds kept flocks that would be destined for sacrifice at the nearby temple. So here we have men that are in charge of protecting and caring for the animals that later on will be killed in order to bring forgiveness and peace to people so that they can fully honor who God is. And one night when the shepherds were going about their business, probably laying down and go for them to go to sleep, an angel appears and he delivered the third most significant line, the third most significant line ever spoken by man. Or angel, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The angel of the Lord came down and told these shepherds about another shepherd that was also lying with animals. But this shepherd would not tend to a flock of sheep but of men, just like you and I. But why did the angel seek out these men? After all, this is the Messiah. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And God chooses to announce the birth of his only son to these outcasts. Why not announce it to kings and politicians? Why not to the priests and the Pharisees? After all, they would know what's going on. They would know that what the, what the prophets had said and be able to gather it all together better than these most likely illiterate men who were basically just ranch hands back in that day. If God announced the birth of Christ to prestigious men with power, wouldn't the message of the birth of Jesus be reported to more people and have more power due to it coming from noble men? But instead, God chose these lonely and unknown men. This story can be seen as a simple heartwarming story that is trotted out every December. But in reality, it is an example for each and every one of us today. Do we look at it as a simple story to make us feel warm and cozy on a December evening? Or do we really accept this true account in history as the real purpose for Jesus' birth and him coming down to live among us. That night, the shepherds' lives were changed forever, and along with it, the history of heaven and earth would be changed as well. But if we do not let the story of Christmas and Jesus' birth change our lives as well, then we have completely missed the real meaning and purpose 
In verse 8, we see that the shepherds are keeping watch of their flock by night. It was nighttime in the hills of Judea. And the shepherds were going about their evening duty of protecting the sheep. It was a peaceful time. It was quiet as well for the shepherds as the flock settled in. And it was during the stillness of that night that God chose to send his faithful messenger to inform these men that many would say were of little insignificance to society that Christ had been born. It was a time when God had their full and undivided attention. And I can tell you this. It is often in those quiet times, in the times of stillness, that the Lord will come to us. He may speak to us when we lay down at night. He may speak to us as we sip our coffee in the early morning hours before the kids get up and start making life a little bit more hectic. He may even allow us to become sick or injured in order just to slow us down and to make us pause to have quiet time and stillness. We all need to schedule quiet time before the Lord. We all need to take time away from the busy chaos and noise that surrounds our daily lives and allow God to speak to us. Verses 9 through 12 states, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So in this stillness and quiet time that the shepherds were experiencing, a heavenly messenger that was surrounded by God's glory appears. And the scripture tells us that these shepherds were terrified. You have to remember that back then they didn't have movie theaters with special effects that that could prod the imagination of the shepherds prior to this event. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what they were seeing. So this amazing sight was new to them. It was extreme. It was unexpected. But the angel quickly put those fears to rest and told them not to be afraid, just as the angel had told them Mary and Joseph earlier. Now, God knows that we all have fears. It could be a fear of sickness, fear of death. It could be a fear of your marriage failing or losing a loved one. It could be a fear of what your finances, what state they are in. Or maybe even if you have let God down at some point in your life. But no matter what your fear is, it can be calmed if you just surrender these fears and place your confidence in God. Psalm 118.6 states, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me. The angel also states in verses 10 and 11, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A savior has been born to you, to you. The good news that this messenger is bringing of a savior being born is to you and to you and to you and to me as well. This news is also present. The waiting is over. Christ has been born. This good news is practical. A Savior has been born on that very night. What all mankind has ever needed was met. The Savior, Jesus Christ, was here. 
prophecies were fulfilled. The Messiah that had been promised and prophesied about throughout the Old Testament had been born. And he was for all the people, no matter what country you live in, no matter what social class you belong to, no matter what race you are, Christ was born and lived and died for you. And his birth, birth announcement came to shepherds, not to kings, not to men of great power. And the reason for this is because if the birth of Jesus Christ would have been announced to such noble men, some might have doubted that it was for all the people. And as soon as the angel had finished delivering this message from God, he became surrounded by a large amount of angels and they praised God for what had occurred. Why? Because the birth of Christ brought God, glory to God and peace to men on earth. Now, many of you may think that this peace was to be between different countries in our world. But what it really means is that man can experience peace within his own heart when he receives Christ as his personal savior. In the 2000 years since Christ walked the earth, I'm unaware of when there has been complete peace between all mankind, not countries, but between every single person loving their neighbor as themselves. But it will happen again. And that will be when Christ returns. He is known as the Prince of Peace. The lion will lay with the lamb. And as Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 tell us, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. But until that day, the only peace that we can experience is when we know Jesus Christ. When we turn our attention to verses 15 and 16 of Luke 2, we see that the shepherds left to see the Christ child immediately. They didn't wait to become someone who, who would be considered good enough to go be in the presence of the Savior that they had been told about. They left immediately, abandoning their flock of sheep that were scheduled to be sacrifices to go and honor the one who would be the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God. They showed that Jesus was now their priority. And they showed urgency to go and honor him. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Have you seeked the Lord? Have you confessed your need for a Savior and placed your faith in the Messiah? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because I can honestly tell you that right this very second, Christ is near. And I know this because by power of the Holy Spirit, He is present here today. And if you haven't come to Christ and you choose to do so today, your life will be changed. And that change will begin on the inside. We are reminded in verses 17 and 20 that after they had seen the Christ child, the shepherds' lives were changed. They were filled with excitement, with joy. And with hope. And they couldn't keep it to themselves. What has Christ done in your life? And who have you shared this with? What if you had the cure for cancer? Would you keep it to yourself? My friends, we have the cure for the malignant soul. And just as the shepherds did many years ago, we should come to Christ with great urgency, trusting in him that it will be worth it. Don't worry about what you leave behind and do not fear 
when you do this, because we must remember how the angel told Mary, Joseph and the shepherds to fear not. And when we have come to Christ, or if you believe already in Jesus saving power, if you believe that he died upon the cross and rose three days later for the forgiveness of our sins, then it is up to you to go and tell everyone what you have experienced and what he can do for them as well. We can use excuses about being poor, about being a horrible person, about not being good enough, and about being someone who's perceived themselves as being insignificant. But remember that the first group of people that were told about Jesus' birth were just some shepherds that were outcasts working in the field, seen as being insignificant. In closing of this message earlier, I told you that when the angel told the shepherds on that holy night that Christ the Savior had been born, that it was only the third greatest statement within the history of scriptures. So you may ask, well, Tyler, what are, what are the two most important quotes in scripture? I'll tell you now that the second greatest quote is from Matthew 28, verses 5 and 6. And it comes from the angel that said at the tomb on Easter morning when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary arrived to visit the resting place of their Savior. The angel said, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. He has risen. And the greatest quote from Scripture comes from Christ himself. And it comes from John 14, 1 through 3. And our Lord and Savior informs us, Let not your heart be troubled. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I will come again. A prophecy And a promise rests within these four words. I will come again. On the night of Jesus' birth, the shepherds were surprised and they were caught off guard when the angel appeared to them to inform them that Christ had come. Will you be caught off guard when Christ returns? And remember, it doesn't matter what race you are. What social class you are. It doesn't matter how many likes you get on your social media posts or what political party you side with. Christ will come again. And whether you are in your house all safe and sound or you are working the night shift in the fields or the factories, you will know that he is back. But unlike the shepherds thousands of years ago, if we hesitate to give our lives to Christ, And he returns without us doing so. It'll be too late. So we must seek Jesus Christ, just as the shepherds did, immediately. And when we find that peace of knowing him within our hearts, we must share the good news and rejoice. Rejoice. Just as those outcasts, just as those insignificant men on that holy night did on the very first Christmas. And holy God, how amazed we are still to this day 
how you sent your messenger to lowly shepherds in the hills of Judea for a purpose and deeper meaning. God, we ask now that you tug on the hearts of those who are here today that have not committed their lives to you so that someday we all may be in your presence in your eternal kingdom. And until that day comes, Lord, prepare us so that we may bring others to you by sharing with them what you have done for us. We pray all of this through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who lives and reigns with you now and forever. We love you. Amen.